Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Let's get together and fight a fish for medical research in Australia's biggest fishing competition, the Pertec Fishing Challenge. Fish your favourite spots right across Australia. There's over $280,000 in cash and prizes to be won. It's only $30 plus postage to enter and we'll send you this cool cap, brag mat and sticker. Proudly supporting Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia and the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit. Enter now at pertecfishingchallenge.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered. This is the Legend Series with Scott Hill, Part 2. Enjoy. Are you a mentally tough person now? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Were you? Um, at certain times, I, I, I probably I wasn't as much as what I, I needed to be. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, that club teaches you so much about, you know, working hard, and working hard for others, mm. um, but also what the club's done for each individual and blokes that have been there. You know, we when you're part of a club that's so successful, and people keep asking a question, and why are they so successful, mm. why they do this, and until you've lived it and been part of it, it's very hard to explain. Yep. But as I said, we speak a language that like no other. Mm. You know, um, and you speak to guys that have left Melbourne and went to other clubs, yeah. and they just said this. They just said. Even other successful clubs, but they still say it. They're just not the same. It's not the same. Yeah. Mate, you mentioned your 20th birthday earlier. Do you remember celebrating your 21st birthday? Because I've got a cool stat. Yeah, you've remembered, don't you? Oh, man. It was a – we played the Gold Coast. It was a 12 o'clock game. Why it was on at 12 o'clock, I don't know. Um, So the game was over by 2 o'clock. Yeah. And we were um, were in the – down in the players' lounge of underneath in the our training ground there behind Olympic Park, having it, we were on the beer bongs, I think it was. Yeah. All of, for the footy club, all my family and friends and everything, we ended up at the, where were we at that? Um, one of the, a pub over on Turak Road. Yep. I think I ended up under a tree. <laughs> Vomiting that night, and my dad was at the nightclub with all my mates, with all the footballers. <laughs> but before that, we were wrestling on pool tables with Matty Guy and that when they got back from the um, Brazilian North game. It was also the day you slotted your only ever goal. Oh, there you go. One from one, <laughs> rugby league's most successful goal kicker. That's it. Oh, dear. 99, you mentioned uh, the Storm's first premiership, which was an incredible day, but you'd done your shoulder. Earlier in the year, you weren't part of it, but 1999 will go down in the memory bank for a lot of reasons, some of them not so fond, not so positive. Uh, Socially, you suffered a horrendous head injury. I mean, you were close to saying goodbye, if if we're being honest. Um, Run us through... What you recall or what you've been told, because I I understand you don't recall a whole lot, but obviously you've been told and pieced things together. Yeah, it was um in ninety nine was a yeah, it was a tough year for me. Um obviously missing out on the premiership, but 
look what a successful thing for the club, but individually it was a tough one mm. to handle. But um, yeah, in in August I was I went out west fishing with with my brothers and my dad, and then we come home to Foster, and a mate of mine that I played uh, Dave Elliott actually he played reserve go for the Dogs back in the day. I remember um, the name. Um, he um, he just had a baby, so we with the golf club. We went to the local nightclub, and apparently I was I was standing there. I think my brother was in an altercation apparently, and I was just there standing watching. And I was actually talking to the. They tell me I was talking to the the club owner that was actually from Melbourne. So, shut in with him, and then I was um, hit from the side with a star picket across my face. Um, by an individual, and then uh, from that I fell and landed on the my head smacked into the gutter, and then I was blood pouring out my ears. So, um, uh-huh. just not a pretty sight. No, um, you know you hear a lot about these king hit incidents, so forth that happen now where people don't wake up. No, um, it's very real, mate. Unfortunately, and, yeah. yeah, and you know this was. Pretty much, you know, in the same circumstances. So, my best mate runs to my dad home. We lived quite pretty close to Main Street, and you can imagine my dad gets there twenty minutes after it's all happened, and I'm passed out, and there's an ambulance there, and no response, and blood coming out my ears. Um, apparently, I didn't come make any reaction until sort of halfway to Tari Hospital um, in an ambulance, and then didn't. Didn't respond to anyone till about a day later, where my um, my fiance then arrived, and um, I actually spent I think ten days in intensive care, Jeez. bleeding on the brain, and um, then I spent a, probably a couple of weeks at home at my mum and dad's, mm. um, and then had to go to Tara, uh, Sydney to get CT scans to see if I could fly home to Melbourne. Um, so yeah, I was. I wasn't in a good way and it was quite funny. Like years later, people had talked to me, oh, I remember when I come and saw you. I said, no. Cause I, and even Ken Cowley. Ken Cowley then was on the board of the storm. Yeah. Um, oh, News Limited, of course. News Limited. Yeah. He come and sat by my bed for a day. I didn't know till probably 10 years later my mum told me. Do you remember that time? <laughs> Just a complete blackout. Yeah, yeah. And, it, yeah, so... You know, there was people, a lot of people come and saw me, but I have no no recollections to seeing anyone or any time. So it's sort of about two months of my life there where I just, I don't have a memory of. So very fortunate. Um, and at that stage there wasn't any, we weren't even quite sure whether I was possibly to to be able to play. Play footy, yeah. You look at the HIA sort of rules and everything now. Yeah. Or, there would have been some protocol for me to get through to, and there was. I I had to keep having CT scans and make sure everything was right before I could go into contact, and that was sort of January the next year. Jeez. So I had a I had a really determined preseason after missing missing out on a on a grand mm. final, and um yeah, so I I had a big I worked hard that preseason. There's um, footy injuries, but then there's these injuries, and there's absolutely no comparison. Obviously scary for you. I would imagine terrifying for your parents. Yeah, yeah, terrifying for my parents, terrifying. My brother was, you know, he blamed himself and it had nothing yeah. to do with him. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough period for all of us. I guess, you know, I look back at it now and I don't 
I don't look. I don't re- really realise how serious it was. Yeah. Um, I guess you know. I just got on with trying to get back to play footy. Mm. Um, that was my goal. Um, yeah, as I said, after we missing a, a premiership, and you know that was I was determined to you know work hard to for a big year in two thousand. And didn't you? Didn't <laughs> you have a big year? Uh, an Aussie jersey, New South Wales jersey. 3-0 whitewash, uh, you'd be selected in the 2000 World Cup squad for the UK. And I reckon that's probably where we first met and, and had a beer in what was arguably the greatest couple of months away that tour. I I still talk to a heap of guys, a dozen guys and yeah. laugh about <laughs> Darren Britt being the, the team team leader at the bar and how good Chris Anderson was. Um, what's your standout memory off the field from the trip? Oh man, what a what a tour! I we run into each other, different guys at different. They've been on that times at different things. We just laugh, yeah, we just laugh about certain things. And the and the characters that were on that tour, you know, between Darren Britt, Jason Croker, you know, and then you got Joey, Freddie, you got Benny Kennedy, just going up and down. Yep. And just, <laughs> Our first look at Daryl Lockyer as well, yeah. Darren's twin brother. Yeah, Daryl was there. Alter ego. Yeah, so um, it was just, and then you got then you got International Dell, and then yeah. you got Matty Rogers, and and then you got Steve O, which is a character within himself, Jay yeah. Stevens. So there were so many different personalities, but oh, geez, we had a good time. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, good. it goes. Yeah, it's the greatest, my greatest tour. Um, mm. You know, and it's just fun. But you look at the footy side we had. Um, yeah, it was a pretty good footy side. And it, it shows, yes, we're professional. Yes, it's a business. But an element of fun and enjoyment shouldn't have to always hamper performance. You guys, under Chris Anderson, were able to combine the best of both to get the best out of yourselves when it mattered. Well, that's it. And I think that was that was the quality of Chris Anderson. Yeah. Again, bringing a lot of people together, but there was there was a lot of there was three key principles, which is you had to have fun. Yep. Um, but part of having fun, you had to work hard. Yeah. And you had to play hard, and we and we definitely did that. You yeah. know, and and it went in phases. That sort of the pool phase. Yeah. That's where we had all different facial facial uh, growth or yeah. haircuts and all that. We had a bit of fun. Mm. Um, but as you saw, as soon as the pool was over and we had our bit of we <laughs> like gave us four days off and yep. half half went to Dublin and eight of us went to Barcelona. Barcelona, that's right. Which was just out of control, a whirlwind in the middle of a World Cup. Yeah. But when we got back, it got serious. Yeah, it did. Um you know, probably just knew what he was doing, didn't he? Probably didn't get serious till the second half of the quarterfinal. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The first Wales, half of the Wales are up like 20, 20 to yeah twenty points or something. Or well, they were up right. a bit. They were up a bit at yeah. half time. And I remember Opes, he gave us a spray and made it made it made a pretty serious speech. And then we went out and blew them off the park. Yeah. And, and then we sort of didn't look like losing, you know. But um, that's right. Yeah, it was. Uh, but as I said, it's when you're on, you're away from family and. You know, and friends for a long period of time. You gotta, you gotta enjoy yourselves. Yeah. And we did that. Um, 
but at the same time, we we all had respect for each other and we, we mm. looked after each other. So yeah, too true. So you knew Chris Anderson from the Storm, obviously. Uh, when you get back to Clubland, Chris Anderson has left. Mark Murray didn't last long, and they took a gamble. The Melbourne Storm on a young bloke called Craig Bellamy. What were your first impressions of Belly? Let's get together and fight a fish for medical research in Australia's biggest fishing competition, the Pertec Fishing Challenge. Fish your favourite spots right across Australia. There's over $280,000 in cash and prizes to be won. It's only $30 plus postage to enter and we'll send you this cool cap, brag mat and sticker. Proudly supporting Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia and the Peter Duncan Neurosciences Research Unit. Enter now at pertechfishingchallenge.com.au. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Yeah. I had a few conversations with him and um yeah, we we run the tan track. It's the first run we have of every preseason. Um there down in Melbourne. Yep. We run it, then we have a five minute break and we run it again. Through the park, yeah. Yeah, and it virtually just splits all the running groups into the yep. when we start our preseason running. And um we did that and Craig Bellamy beat everyone twice. So Wow. Um that was an infl- that was a a statement in itself mm. you know um, it meant that he was serious about what he meant and what he was about and um, and that's where it started you know and wow. um, yeah like belly there's nothing short of hard work was is one of his principles mm. you know you got to work hard and um, you know he did that you know no, no one was better than him better than him at that you know, we get to train, he'd be there watching video. He'd be either training in the gym or, and watching video and then we left and he's still there doing video and, and putting his time into to his craft and what he's, you know, what he what he needed to, to do to, to make sure that we had all um, the adequate information and, and skills to be able to, to be successful. Really interesting you say that because when most – People ask a, a player or an ex-player about who was the example. We just assume that the example is a fellow player. You're now talking about the example being the coach. And if you're saying that now, you and others realise that then, that's a that's a game changer, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And that's what we needed at that, at that time. Yeah. We'd had a tough couple of years, you know, um, sort of not sort of searching for what was right mm. for us. And we needed some guidance on what was going to be important and what were the, going to be the key principles that, that made us successful and was going to carry us forward. So, you know, Craig was, you know, he was a catalyst in that, you know, and and then I, then I guess it went to, you know, it wasn't until we sort of, it was probably a couple of years there we sort of were teetering on successful and then we sort of 2005 we took on a leadership program. Yeah. Um, with the guys that are leading teams, okay. um, and that was the point. And even in that club changed in two thousand and six, I think, and I was probably a catalyst in that change when I was dropped in two thousand and six. Yeah, um, we we started the season okay, 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 and I probably had, didn't have me a couple of my best games, but I got suspended for tapping the ref against Balmain. That's right. Yeah. Um, and missed missed a week. Actually, I missed two weeks. I think it was. I got two weeks. And Craig said to me, "said I want you to work on a few things during these two weeks." 
And I still remember it when I got the phone call when I was due to come back into the team and he rang me and said, I can't put you back in there. And, you know, and it, I was someone that played for me country, played for me state. I yeah. was in the senior group and um, and I still clearly, I, I personally think, and look, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, the toughest thing that I ever had, that's ever happened to mm. me, but it was, a t- it was the best thing for me, you know. Um, but what that statement made at that club that it didn't matter what you'd done, who you were, if you weren't up to what you were, you know, asked to do, mm. you won't play in this footy team. Wow. I only missed the one week. But um, it was the statement. But it was a statement. You, you were the example because there was a pretty special bunch of kids coming through. Absolutely. And they knew straight away that it didn't matter how yeah. big your reputation was. And the thing about it was is the – the other players in the team were more shocked than what I was. Okay. You know, they were shocked. Yeah. Um, but to my credit, I worked harder and Craig said it to me the week and two weeks, three weeks after that, he said, oh, i got to give you the credit. You you just dug in and you worked hard and you mm-hmm. didn't stick your head between your toes. You worked hard to make to work with the team to make them the best they could be for that team they were playing against. Jeez. You know, and that's what I did. I said, I can't. I can't shy away from it. There's something here that I haven't been doing and that mm. wasn't working hard at, you know, you know, doing the extras and working on myself and those little areas that I need to improve. And and to be honest, that last half of 06 was my most successful and most consistent rugby league in my whole career. There was times where I was wow. pragmatic through my career, but for that last half of, well, we hardly lost a game Yeah, from that point. Because there was a statement made that it didn't matter who you were, there was a standard that was set, mm. and you had to play at that standard. Wow! And you look at what from that point on there, you look at the consistency of Melbourne Storm from two thousand mid two thousand six to who they are now. Yeah, they don't, they don't, and I and I, a lot of people don't recognise it. Probably don't recognise like me because I was smack bang in the middle of it. Yeah, but I still believe that. That statement that he made then was a catalyst in what that that club's about now, right now. And you could probably ask him that question, yeah. and um, he probably don't, doesn't remember it, but he but oh, he may he but he may remember it. Yeah. But and and I I am grateful of it, you know, because it changed me as a person. It made me have a deeper look at myself mm. and what I needed to improve in myself. Um, and I, I I go back at that. In every part of my life now, if I ever struggle in certain times, I look at myself internally first and think, what do I need to improve first? You're a naturally deep thinker, whether it's footy, whether it's life. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I am now. Um, um, I'm, I'm a deep thinker. I like to look at things. Um, uh, things happen for a reason. Yeah. And there's always there's – there's usually a core principle at why certain things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people try to wash over the, those things, mm. but I think if you can, if you look, break things down, there's usually not too much that's going wrong. It's pretty simple, yeah. but people don't like to look within themselves and take responsibility mm. and 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 understand that there's probably a bit of hard hard work and heartbreak and everything that's got to happen to to get better at things, you know. And once you identify that, you life becomes pretty simple, mate. I don't. I um. That's how I look at things now. I don't. 
I don't get angry. I don't. I don't sweat the small things. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're all pretty fortunate to be if we're healthy and you know the people around us are healthy. There's not too much to be too worried about. I'm surprised we've been able to progress in this interview. On one microphone's the deep thinker, on the other microphone's the overthinker. I reckon we're going all right here, <laughs> mate. Uh, you mentioned the success and your consistency in 06. Make the grand final. Looked great. It was a cracking game. But you've come up against one of the all-time sides on grand final day that had every reason to win. Yeah, they did. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough one, and and I look at the game and I look at the highlights, and we still could have won it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I've I've never ever been one to blame referees in any way, but geez, we got we there were some tough decisions tough ones, in that yeah. game that just at crucial parts of the game mm. just went against us. I looked at the other night, um, the one where the ball bounced off Ryan Offman's head. Yep. And Kingy went through. There was nothing that said that it wasn't a try. Mm. You know, we, we, we go up and we, we're four points up You're at leading. that stage. Yeah. And that changes the game. And yeah, look, it's, you can't change those things, you know. And does the hurt ever leave? No. Doesn't? No, no I, I actually I showed my partner the other night. We went through the highlights and I didn't want to, but it, it's still, it, yeah, it's, one of, it's probably the, one of the toughest things in my mm. life. It was my opportunity to win a premiership. Yeah. It was my last game at that Yeah, club. it was. And we had the success to be able to do that. And we still could have won it, you know, where there was opportunities, but we didn't. Um, and that's life, you know, you deal with that, but it doesn't get any easier. You had two seasons at the Harlequins in the UK Super League. Did you entertain the thought of one for the road back here, either at the end of those two years or just coming back for another one because you thought you had something to offer? Yeah, yeah, I possibly did. Um I guess I was only 31 and I was still yeah. reasonably fit. Um, but it's funny that I look back at it now and I look how clubs train. We trained very differently then. Mm. Everything's so very individually focused on players and everything's about recovery and being fresh. And yeah. I think I was – the reason why I retired, I was I was very stale and okay. I'd, I'd had enough. Yep. Um yeah, when you're turning up on Sundays and you don't really want to be there. Yeah. It's because, look, going from Melbourne to, to London was, was tough when you had to work hard and mm. you didn't have individuals around you doing their job really well. Yeah. It became frustrating and that that got to me a little bit. But I think a lot of it was, you know, back then if you felt flat in the game, mm. I thought, well, I wasn't fit enough so I'd train harder and then – I do extras, and then what it becomes is it becomes a compound effect. Yeah. You make yourself tired physically, but then you become tired mentally. Yep. And you become really fatigued, mm. and you lose – you just lose interest in it. Mm. Whereas I now look at how, you know, individuals are handled. Well, Cameron Smith and they're playing to the 35, 36, yeah. you know, there's – you don't get flogged too much in the week. You, mm. It's all about freshening up in the mind because physically you, your body's good enough. But mm. – so, you know, I put back at it now and I think, yeah, in hindsight, even London wanted me to stay for another three years. But I I was in in my mind I'd had enough. I yeah. just, you know, so it was, um, yeah, it was difficult times at what, you know, you you think you make the right decision but you're a long time retired. Craig Bellamy said that to me once. He said that. He said, you're a long time retired. So 
um, yeah, in hindsight, yeah, I probably I would have would have loved to have played another couple of years and probably could have yeah. um, easily. But uh, yeah, that's just life. You make decisions. We've canvassed many and varied topics over the course of the last hour. We've not gone to script or anywhere close. And I guess the most important question is, how's the headspace now? As we sit here in 23, mention how much work you've done and some of your learnings along the journey. How are you How are you travelling? Yeah, travelling pretty good, mate. Um, That's great. Obviously, you know, um, separation of a marriage and I haven't seen too much of my kids uh, of late, but mm. um, at the same time, the time that I'm not with them yet, um, I will be. And yeah. As I continually work hard on being my best, so I can be. And um, look, I I work for a great great company in Hutchison Builders. Um, I've found um, that I'm doing something that I really enjoy. That's work, awesome. Working with other men and working with teams, and you know, and and I've got a great partner, and that I'm fortunate of. Yeah, um, great. So there's there's not too much to be worried about, mate. Um, you know, as I said, I I, I don't sweat this. I don't I don't sweat the small things anymore. If I can wake up and I can train in the morning, I can feel good and, um, you know, I'm I'm grateful of that. 200 NRL games, three clubs, five origins, 12 test matches, one goal. It's been a pleasure catching up. Scotty Hill, you, sir, are a legend. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it, mate. In 2023, this is what you can expect from Unfiltered. The Legend Series starts your working week featuring interviews with some of the game's finest, in-depth and personal. We talk footy and life in a subtle mix you can't or won't hear anywhere else. On Thursday, the Rugby League Superpod returns 12 different player interviews every single episode. It's fast-paced, and if you like a laugh with your footy, this is for you. It's the weekly show you can't miss. Then on Saturday, it's Dream Team time. Who would you name in your best ever 13? We ask that question to players past and present. We don't always agree, but that's what it's about. The ultimate argument starter. Who is the best 13 ever? Be sure to follow us on social media to keep up to date on who's coming onto the podcast. We're all over Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Andy Raymond. Or you can check out the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au. Before you go, do a mate a favour and when you're done here, leave a five-star rating and write a quick review for us on the podcast app you're listening on. In terms of business, it's huge for us and it allows us to keep creating the content you love for free. Make sure you come back soon, legends. Thank you.